0: If ever someone tells you to do something that is contrary to the Word of God and they promise you peace, it's a lie. The only peace is in Christ. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. says in Psalm 119 and in verse 165, great peace. Say, great peace. peace. Have those who love your law and nothing causes them to stumble. I love your law. I love your word. Say, I love your word, Lord. Therefore, I will not stumble. Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because We trust in Him. So God has promised to keep us in perfect peace because we keep our heart, our mind, everything about us stayed on Him. When there's an opportunity to move your mind, your heart, your thoughts away and off of Him and onto an issue, a problem, whatever it is, then that's the opportunity that the enemy brought. But it says when you keep your mind stayed on Him, He says he's going to keep you in perfect peace. We have been in a series discerning the times, and this is teaching number four. Teaching number four, and it's called not peace but a sword. Come on. You have to know that the power of God that is constantly flowing, and that wants to increase. We have not seen the fullness of it yet. I don't believe that. I know there's more. But the power of God, the flow of God's Holy Spirit is reserved for those that are gonna walk holy and upright with Him. So we live in a day and in an hour where we need to know this dynamite, this dunamis power that is on the inside of us because there is a world out there that needs to know that we know who we are in Christ. There's a world out there that needs to know that we really believe what we say we believe and we actually back it up with signs and wonders. And that's why impartation is so important. That's why having your faith rise up and really with an expectation of, wow, i go out there and you know what? There's so much in me. Let me start taking those risks. Let me start praying. Let me start, let me start sharing the love of Jesus because that's my role. That's my job. That's what I get to do and, and as I do that, faith in me grows and I see the manifestations of God, right? You'll see the healing as you take those steps, amen? But what he wants is loyalty to Christ above all else. Say. I will be loyal to Christ above all else. Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 10. Because Jesus did not come to bring peace on earth but a sword. And he said, I've come to sit man against his father, daughter against her mother, daughter in law against her mother in law. I'm going to read to you verse 34, and I'm going to go down to verse 39. What's the title? Not Peace, but a Sword. Verse 34, do not think that, and this is Jesus speaking, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. It means division. Our loyalty must be in and to Christ above all else. He says, for I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be of those in his own household. Wow a lot of us already can testify to that he who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me wow right okay and he who loves his son or his daughter more than me is not worthy of me and he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me he who finds his life will lose it and he who loses his life for my sake will find it see a man's enemies will be of those of his own household these are the words of jesus see now god is for families obviously god created family right he created family but when family keeps you apart or distant or they or that family is in the way of your passionate pursuit for Christ, division occurs if you hold your ground. Division occurs. Or if any relationship keeps you from fully following Christ, uh, then you need to know that you will follow, at least I pray this is your decision, that you will follow hard after God no matter what the cost. See, it's easy to say that when we're all here and faith has filled the room and you're excited, but are you going to walk it out? Because your faith will demand an action. Your faith, the faith that you carry, will demand an action on your part. It will demand you to do something to back up what you say you believe, right? God is for families, absolutely. He created the family structure. But he says in his word that we must love him first and foremost and not let anything come in between or apart from our walk with God. Say, nothing is going to come in between my relationship with the Lord he is first place first place in me first place in my relationships with my my spouse first in my home amen first in my life first at my job first 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 the beginning of this verse says he did not come to bring peace on earth do not think that I came to bring peace but a sword you know because we are in this end time study I want you to be aware That when you start hearing of, oh, peace, peace, and, you know, world peace, and you've already heard it, but as that starts to increase, then it's not something that you should be backing up and being for. The Antichrist won't come until there is world peace right and so in other words you have to know the signs of the time now obviously Jesus is going to return but when this comes about and and in like I've been explaining in the biblical calendar the different things that are gonna come to pass right you're gonna start hearing peace peace even more and there will be many Christians that fall for it as if it's actually God or good but in reality it's a setup but we know that ultimately God is always good and he will work what everything together for good. For whom? For those who love him. For those who are called according to his purposes. So he will not work everything together for good for everybody. But he will work everything together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And so peace, peace. That should, you know, because you'll hear of, you know, pastors and, and congregations of people that are Calling for the peace 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 treaty peace peace but Jesus said I didn't come to bring peace not that kind of peace we started this message out with the kind of peace that he gives us and that peace is in Christ if ever someone tells you to do something that is contrary to the Word of God and they promise you peace it's a lie The only peace is in Christ. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And he gives us peace. You can believe that. His word is peace. He is peace. But it's in Christ and not outside of Christ. So we're not going to be deceived. We will not be deceived. Loyalty must be in Christ above all else. So as times get darker, more division will be evident. You know, we we are living in the last days. And being that we're in this discerning of times series, uh, we have to know that as times get darker, the power of God in us is going to be more evident when we don't fall for the same old tactics. See, I'm not falling for the same old tactics. Because apart from Christ, there's no peace. And as times get darker, division will be more evident. But that's when I have a decision to make. There will be division. There is, there is sometimes pain. There are some hard decisions that need to be made. Are you willing to lay your life down for the gospel? We have never lived in a time where there has been such persecution for being a Christian, not here anyway, other countries. Yes, but not here anyway, but there's an increase of persecution. And it is definitely targeted towards believers, Christians. What are you going to do with the fact that you're being targeted because you serve God? If you can't be faithful, even in your own circles, family, work, with your loyalty to Christ, do you really think as persecution increases that you'll be able to stand for Jesus and say, I will give my life? As Stephen did for the Lord in Acts chapter 7 and the glory of God came upon him as he saw Jesus in his glory as he was being stoned martyred right I know that God wants us all to be strong in him and this message and these series of messages My heart's desire has been for us to really walk strong in the word so that we are not fooled by the things that try to come against us, that you are prepared. It is my job to prepare you. It's also your job to prepare yourself. It's not all on me, but it is your job and it is my job to teach the truth right? And to prepare this congregation with what's up ahead. Now, as I've told you many times, I believe that we're in the last days. I do not believe that... um, I don't believe it's going to happen in our lifetime. I believe that... And that's just my personal belief. You can... You know, you can look in the scriptures, and you can have, and it looks like the end is going to come tomorrow, but I don't personally believe that. I believe there are plenty things that still need to be fulfilled, even on the biblical calendar. Like I told you on Thursday, you know, the temple still needs to be rebuilt. There are certain things that have to happen, but I do believe this one thing. Times are dark. They get darker, but that's just in some circles, because there are people that are hungry, even though it's a dark world out there. There are people that are are desperate because they do see the depravity of man. They do see how wicked, wicked is getting and it's causing them to wake up. And God wants to use you in this hour to actually speak truth, life, hope, the fact that there is a Savior that wants to rescue them, save them from this misery. You know that we are not, we have not been taken up because you still have a job to do for the Lord. You still have a job to do for Jesus. And so, so Though we have to understand the times that we are in, though we need to understand the wickedness, that it does prevail and it does abound, we have to understand that we are also sold out unto Jesus, and we are also prepared and equipped to not look at the difficulty, in other words, not be frozen by it, not be intimidated by it, not be taken back by it, but instead say, oh, I know that's what's going to happen. It's not a shocker. I've read it in the Word. It doesn't surprise me. I understand that this was what was going to come down the line. I already read it. I've learned this. I understand. So when you know this, then you can actually walk with confidence and not be taken back and go, well, my goodness. Because there are a lot of Christians that get so discouraged. They get really depressed. And they get very fearful. That better not be you. Because I have been teaching you to stand firm on the truth of God's Word that there, first of all, there's no fear in Him, right, in Christ. He has not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So because He's given you power, love, and a sound mind, we know where we're at in it biblically, but we know that the greater one lives on the inside of us. And because it's so dark, the power of God will flow through you and you'll see it. You'll see salvations. You will see healings. You will see people being delivered, and it will come through your hands. If you have faith for it, you just received an impartation tonight, did you not? So remember I said you got to do something with what you just received, right? But the reason that I'm bringing you some of these scriptures is because as I was preparing for this message, um, you know, a few days ago, the Lord gave me these verses, and I knew. And, and by the way, he said this is the last study in this end times because right after this, we're moving over to Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because, yeah, because these were four friends that were in a culture that was, was horrendous, that were in a horrendous culture that just wanted them to bow to the demons, the gods, the demons of that age, of that time. So it's, there's a lot of similarities, wouldn't you say? But they didn't do it. And God honored them. So this will be the last for now in this series. And we're jumping over to Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego starting next week. But these are the scriptures that he has asked me to bring today. So here we go. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Turn your Bible to John 6. Yes, it's a hard saying. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what Jesus said as well. John chapter 6, verse 53. It's hard saying when you don't understand the saying. When you understand the saying, it's not a hard saying. When you understand and you're yielded to the Holy Spirit, then it's not a hard saying. If you're not fully yielded to the ways of God, then yes, it could be a hard saying. John six fifty-three. Then Jesus said to them most assuredly i say to you unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood you have you you have no life in you understand he's not literally talking about eating and drinking of his flesh but to understand that this is a spiritual Sacri- that to understand his his death spiritually the sacrifice that he made for us spiritually he's saying to eat you know um, to eat and to drink is to understand say to eat and to drink is to understand spiritually understand this sacrifice that he has done for us are we all clear Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. You can just imagine how the disciples were responding when Jesus was saying this. And for my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the, living fathers, as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So he who feeds on me, he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. This is spiritual. Not as your fathers ate the manna and they died. He who eats this bread will live forever. We eat it right now. We're understanding it right now. We're eating it right now. These things he said in the synagogue as he he taught in Capernaum. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? You will be offensive to the the world if you stand for Christ. Oh, you will be offensive if you just say the name Jesus. Jesus says, what then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Say it with me. The flesh profits nothing. Not even a little bit. The flesh profits nothing. It says, The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. Again, understanding spiritually. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were and who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, Therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and they walked away. They walked with him no more. Many will walk away. Many will walk away. It's a hard saying. Unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you will have no life. But we have spiritual eyes to understand what Jesus was talking about. But you could say anything as simple as the name of Jesus and people will misunderstand it. And they will become offended. You could say, God bless you. Praise God. I'm praying for you. Whatever it might be. And people will get offended. Does that mean we change? No. That means we press in. That means we continue. We recognize what it is that we have up against us. And we will not shrink back. You know what, church of God, are you willing? You know, we're willing to rejoice. We're willing to. We, we, we are... So excited in the God of the resurrection, right? He's resurrection power. But what about the suffering? What about his suffering? Are you also going to be willing to partake of that suffering? What if it did cost us just a little bit more than it has cost us already at this point in time? What if it did? What if following Christ cost you a whole lot more than you ever expected? Would you still follow after him? Because that has to be a decision that is made beforehand. That's what Daniel did. He had already committed into his heart that he was not going to sin against God. He actually committed to have that spirit of excellence. He said, a spirit of excellence. That's what the Bible says about Daniel. But it was something that was already premeditated. It's something that he had already decided upon before the trouble started. And so before the trouble starts or before the trouble increases, we need to know how real is your walk, how real is your yes, how committed are you. God will help you. He helps us. He helps us in our weakness. But he's looking for your, yes, your partnership, even when it hurts, even when it hurts, even when there's a cost. Many disciples walked away. Look at, look at that reference, John 6, 6, 6. So, there will be religious deceptions, social and political upheavals, natural calamities, disloyalties, oh, yeah, persecutions. But all these must happen before christ's return see you think about all those things happening and you think well he's got to be coming back tomorrow as a matter of fact I don't, i'm not even sure i'm going to be he might come back before i even wake up no nah, i don't believe that there's too much that still needs to happen before the end but all these things must happen happen before christ returns but the end is not yet turn to matthew 24. matthew 24 starting in verse 3 it's the signs of the times and the end of the age Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, that's the same, that's the, the Mount of, Mountain of Gethsemane. This is, I mean, the, the, the valley, the olive press, the garden. That's what I meant. It says, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? So they wanted to know. They wanted to know, when is the end? You know, you're talking all these things, Jesus, like we're trying to figure out what you're saying. Some of those things are difficult to understand, Jesus. When is the end? they go privately to Jesus. And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? What will be the sign? And Jesus answered and he said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. Don't you just love how Jesus just like, okay, you want to know the truth? Just make sure you don't get deceived. Wait, I just wanted to know. No, just don't get deceived. Well, because deception is right around the corner because many will be deceived, even the elect if possible. Many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. I don't care what they call themselves. If it's not Jesus, it's not Jesus. I don't care what they call themselves. Discernment in the last days is going to be so important. Having the discernment that you know your word, your sword, but you also have the gift of discernment that grows daily within you so that you are not deceived. What did Jesus, what was the very first thing Jesus told his disciples when they asked what are the signs? Tell us about the, what's going to happen. Jesus, tell us. Don't be deceived. I mean, if, he's, if that was the first, that's his response, that was his first response, then maybe we need to take heed to this. I'm not trying to instill fear. I'm trying to instill wisdom. I'm trying to make sure that we're awake, that we are the bride of Christ that's really, literally, fully awake, that's not playing games. I'm not playing games. You're not playing games, right? We're committed. We're committed to Jesus, not just in a church service. We're committed to Him, even when it's difficult, even when family members don't agree with you. We're committed to Jesus. We're committed to living our lives now, fully, today, not letting any other person have what they think if it's not what God thinks, right? So, putting Jesus first. So. Many will come in my name, saying, "I am the Christ," and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. And you know what that ha- when that happens, what happens? People start to get in an upheaval, right? Oh, did you hear about that? And then here, eh. well, you know, it's going to happen. When you read your word, you see that it's already going to happen. So you get to be that individual that walks with God that says, "I know the word talks about it. It's already laid out in the word." We know, we expected that. Will you please be that individual that goes right to the Word and says, see, here's what it says. So you will hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. See that you are not troubled when you hear about war. That's kind of hard, but it's not hard when you're in Christ because He will keep you in what kind of peace? Perfect peace. When you keep your mind set on Him. And that's going to be critical, to keep your mind set on Him. So. You'll hear wars and rumors of wars, see that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So we know there's just still more to go, there's still more to happen. You know, if you get, you think about a race, if you're, you're literally running in a race. And if you start, may, let's just say that this race is not a sprint, okay? But it's, it's a half marathon, right, years ago. And um, how, I don't know, Halfway through. I forget how many miles I was into it. But man, my legs were feeling like lead weight. Wasn't gonna walk, I was gonna run. Even if that run was what is that? I'm running, cause I'm not walking. It may not look like a run to you, but I'm running. It was like a barely jog kind of thing. I was in so much pain. But not only was I in so much pain, and then my whole like, little, you know, CD player battery died so now I have nothing to entertain myself with my you know I just got to think about how much pain I'm in and I'm just and I knew you better not oh Kathy you better not go there because you got way too many miles ahead of you to be focused on the pain so I was like well you know what I knew this much I'm like well, I'm gonna make sure my mind is so set on the Word of God because I am not gonna mess this up it was all the energy had to be focused on the yes to Christ Not even my legs. I knew don't focus on the pain and don't focus on how many miles you have. Focus right in front and enjoy this ride. But I learned so many important valuable lessons about not keeping your eyes on that finish line when that finish line is so far out there that the pain that you are enduring right now is probably gonna sabotage you if you don't actually shift your focus. Keep your mind active in the right way right so that you're not going to fail cuz the enemy wants you to fail right so i say all of this because there are so many things in before christ returns there are so many things that are going to feel like so so much weight so heavy so difficult and yes they are called distractions and we cannot be looking at all the distractions and go my gosh and now look and now look and now look and now look because if you don't know the word of God that says these things are already come to, they're already going to come to pass, but the end is still not yet, then you may not make it because Jesus' words were what? Don't be deceived, right? So that was his warning, that was his warning. So yes, I feel like that example is actually a really good example about keeping our mind on the truth, the word of God, and no matter what difficult situation you have, If God's called you to it, he will also see you through it.